Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to season three of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw, and with me today, I just brought the OG team. I have Matthew Aguilar and Janelle Wheeler. Hello, everybody. And today we are kind of in a happy mood today because we get to celebrate. There's something to celebrate. Movies are back, Let's baby. Go! God, so much content. Yeah, movies are back, baby. We are (laughs) happy today because, like I said, the big screen is coming back. Today marks the release of F9, the next movie in the Fast and Furious saga. It looks like it's going to get people out to theaters. But more importantly, with it, we've gotten kind of the whole cycle of, of big screen movies kind of coming back. Just we got blessed this morning with a new trailer for Marvel Shang-Chi, which we are Song-Chi. God, I got to get this right. Which we're going to break down in, in its entirety. Yeah, I mean, things are just happening and it, it feels good. It feels good like we're back. So, uh, man. Welcome yeah, back. Yeah, guys, it's been a strange year and a half, but uh, yeah, it feels like we're getting back. So that's all to say. We're going to be talking about F9 today. I've seen the film. We're going to talk about Song Chi. We're going to talk about Loki Episode 3, the new Transformers movie that was just announced. Yeah. And we have some interesting comics to break down as well. So it's going to be a fun show. Let's get to it. All right. Right off the bat. Let's talk about Song Chi. So I wasn't expecting this this morning, but uh, we woke up and here we are. We have a new Song Chi trailer. What did you guys think? And then we're going to get into some of the big things that will. Well, I mean, let's just get to the big things first. So if you haven't watched the trailer, go on comicbook.com Marvel right now and check it out. The new Song Chi trailer uh, is out. So be sure you guys check that out. So this story, this trailer was the final trailer, and it basically gives us a lot more of the finer points of what this story is all about. Uh, the first trailer was all about just introducing Song Chi and his kind of personal story of going out in the world, almost <laughs> in the Amish kind of way of he is raised by this very strict father and this very strict order. Then he went out to the world to kind of find himself and and. Now his father wants to draw him back in. So that was kind of the personal premise. Now we see some of the more of the marvel stuff that's going to be going on in this movie with this trailer. We see what the 10 rings are. Uh, the Internet's already having fun with that because they're more 10 bracelets than 10 rings. <laughs> so there's a whole jewelry debate going on. But there's reasons for that we'll get into. <laughs> and so, yeah, we got more of what a Marvel style martial arts action epic movie looks like and what distinguishes it. We also got some key shots that people are freaking out about. The biggest things, of course, are uh, another preview of this tournament scene that we're going to get inside the movie where it looks like the Incredible Hulk's abomination is taking on B.D. Wong from uh, Doctor Strange. And that has people flipping out, of course, and a shot of Song chi seemingly meeting a dragon 
who people want to freak out about as being Fin Fang Foom from the comics, but it's not quite that. We'll get into that as well. Look more like Falcor to me, which made me happy. I was like, we get some never-ending story in this. That's great. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Matt, wow. Janelle, what did you guys think of the song tree final trailer and kind of the larger look at this movie? Uh, Janelle, I let's just, go with you. I just I'm love hearing you, you. I love all these variations of the name. You just said song tree. <laughs> It's just so fun. Well, I just I have a small speech impediment. I think that's all that was. Let's not Me get too. in trouble. Yeah, no, let's not I, get that. Same. I am so I'm worried that I'm saying it wrong. So please forgive us if we're not saying it right. Um, I really loved it. I thought it was action packed. Um, the cinematography looked stunning. Um, the world building, just seeing all these different uh, places and seeing the rings and action was everything I needed to get excited about this content that I'm not as familiar with. Um, and then seeing a possible link to strange, of course, had me screaming. And, uh, that was just, I was just loving it. I was living for this trailer. I love it so much. And I am so pumped about it. And now I'm like, Oh my God, why am I not reading these comics? <laughs> Cause I need to get prepared. <laughs> oh man. Hey, we are though. Sometimes I think we, we hit, yeah, we, we did song chi number we one. It was great, actually. Stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we do need to get those more into circulation. Uh, I, this was a much, and, and if, if I remember correctly, uh, the last time when we talked about the teaser trailer, um, I was pretty, I was actually pretty positive uh, mm -hmm. on it. I thought most of us were, I don't think Kofi was as much as everybody else. Um, so this one, I thought uh, that was a just much to be fair. I said, I, I liked it well enough, but I hadn't seen what really made it sell, right. sell it as like a Marvel level right. martial arts. Action. And that wasn't, that wasn't a negative, by the way. That's that a fair a point. Yeah. That was, it was, was, it was a like, wait and see. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a wait and um, see. So, and I wouldn't say blew me out of the water either, but, but I thought this trailer was a much better. I, th I thought this was a much better trailer just overall. And also it just a, presented a much clearer picture about what you're getting uh, when you hop into this. Um, you know, I still need, like, we, we haven't seen a ton of the actual, like, martial arts stuff like we see some of it like we actually see some of the fights themselves we get little snippets but like that's the stuff i really want to see and we, we got snippets here we got more than we did last time but like as the rings look cool i dig the rings i mean i i just think for the most part having mandarin sit out there with you know looking like a pimp with his 10 rings in the old school way was just going to look goofy and stupid. <laughs> so having, yeah. having it here with actually like link backs to like, you know, uh, actual like mythology and stuff like real life mythology like that. I think that's really cool. I think it looks cool on screen, that final spot where they're like fighting over the rings and they're both kind of playing that tug of war thing. That yeah. looks really cool. So I'm excited for that. Um, but like the actual, moment to moment fights like i still want i still want to see how that really looks and and i think then it'll sell me i you know, well, was curious though i watched it with anisa and anisa wasn't that big on the initial teaser right and she's been just like absorbing marvel stuff lately so like she's fully in but she watched it and was like it makes me want it makes me a little more curious but like i i'm curious to see how the mainstream viewer sees this trailer as opposed to the people who are already mm. jazzed about it because we're Marvel fans. I, yeah. I don't know if it did enough there 
I don't know if it won That's that crowd over, point. but I think for the Marvel people, especially with like Abomination and stuff like that in there, I think it, I think it did its job. So that's, that's yeah. That's a good question. Although I will say I was talking to some friends uh, out of town and who I didn't expect to be into Marvel, but like they are up on everything that's happening. They're like, oh, man, I haven't seen Loki yet, but oh, man, WandaVision and like everything. I think Marvel has become like so mainstream in so ways that I think we may underestimate how many people will just say, oh, it's a Marvel movie. It's got fighting. It's got martial arts. OK, like, I'm, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but all great points, Matt. So. Let's take some fun, some of these finer points. Um, first of all, no, this dragon isn't Fen Fang Foom. I'm, I'm sorry to burst anybody's bubble, uh, but after Simon, Simu Liu, Liu, oh my God, I'm just, oh my God, I'm just butchering names. Left you fixed right it. Today. You fixed it. You're good. Uh, <laughs> anyway, he came out and said that this, is, that Fing Fang Foom is something they removed from the mythology, so it's not in the movie. That's not him. Uh, we even have merchandise. There's an article up on comicbook.com Marvel right now. And it breaks down uh, some of it just pulls up some of the kind of social media reminding us that the merchandise has leaked about this. And this dragon is called the Great Protector. So this is a part of whatever's going on with mythology. And it kind of ties back into the Ten Rings and the kind of jokes people are already making about the Ten Rings being bracelets in actuality. But Mm -hmm. you got to remember that in this mythology and Chinese mythology, you know, dragons play a big part uh, in the source of mysticism and things like that. And the kind of presumption is that the rings are actually the rings of these dragons who were giant. So if you take a ring off of a dragon and put it on a human, it's going to be about the size of your arm. I love that. I think that's super cool. I'm into it. I mean, they're technically still rings. You know what I mean? It'd be one thing if they were like squares. triangles (laughs) or triangles <laughs> like they're rings like they're just yeah. big rings yeah, yeah they're big rings they're big yeah, rings big for rings. dragons and yeah. there's been a lot of speculation that you know this is to kind of distinguish help distinguish them visually from like the infinity stones and, and mm-hmm. things like that because you don't want anybody getting confused like a mainstream viewer would be like wait this dude's like curling his fingers and he's got magic lights and what is this is this like thanos part two like what's happening here so this is a distinctly different kind of mystical MacGuffin. Uh, but I like that it still feels kind of in line with like Doctor Strange, the Infinity yeah. Stones, the Eternals powers and all of that. And and it's a potential link that we didn't really have it focused on. Now these rings bring in like, what are they? What are they made of? Where do they come from? And like, who are they linked back to in this whole Marvel Cinematic Universe cosmic order is a. Uh, it's a big thing we can also get into, but um, I'm so over Infinity Stones. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> mean, get them, get them the out of my yeah. get them out of I my want movies. every paper. I want them all on my desk. I want the Infinity paperweights. Paper yeah, so over them. Oh man, Matt, Matt. <laughs> yeah, well, what, what happens? Okay, if, what happens remember, if, like, between Adam, I know everyone just like oh MCU only, but like in the comics, between all of that stuff that was going on in the movies, there was like five events. All centered around the infinity. <laughs> so, <laughs> Bro, why do I feel like you would change your tune instantly if they gave Dark Hawk an infinity stone? Here's the thing: he doesn't need one. He's got an amulet, man. All right, there so you like, go. 
Anyway, oh my god, what did you guys think about Abomination and seeing Abomination show up in of all places? A, a and it is confirmed. There are people have already gone back to the trailer and put on the subtitles, which is always the key to finding out these big Marvel <laughs> mysteries. Which is just going to turn on the subtitles and it says Abomination. <laughs> That's abomination though. roars <laughs> like so. This is Abomination, according to the uh, closed captioning. Wouldn't it be so, great if they, if they like were trying to like working title that stuff? So like they instead of Abomination to keep the secret, they put like Chuck, like Chuck <laughs> roars. That'd be amazing. Can I watch a whole trailer like that? You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> oh, you just gave me flashback to this week's episode of Dave. Oh man. Anyway, <laughs> moving right along. Because nobody's going to get hardly anybody's going to get that reference. Uh, so, yeah, some people are saying in the comments, yeah, and it's Abomination with a more comics accurate look. He's got his fins and all that. So that's pretty kind of crazy. What did you guys think about seeing Abomination, this character people have waited for since the Incredible Hulk to show back up, just appearing in this random scene in, Sha- in uh, Song-Chi? Matt, you got to take this because... I wasn't waiting for him to show up. <laughs> I was like, wait, who? Uh, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, it was unexpected. Um, I did not expect to see, to see abomination. Uh, I will say I wasn't like, you know me, I'm very much like, oh yeah, a cameo. You know me. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't get like too worked up about it. And so it's like, oh, that's nice. And so that's how I reacted. I was like, oh, that's nice. And then I was more excited about Wong. Yeah, I was. I don't know if it's been confirmed, but it, I mean, it's a sorcerer who looks like he's a, a, a you know, a master of the mystical arts and, right. and very much looks like Wong. You see the spell. You see the like, I saw that. I was like, I got pumped for that because I'm pumped for the sequel. So that yes. that is what got me excited about that scene as opposed same. to like, oh, abomination. You know, they could have put <laughs> stilt man in there and I would have had the same <laughs> level of excitement. Actually, I probably would have been more excited. I, I was actually excited because I hope it is Wong because I hope it ties back to this kind of small but funny theme from Infinity War that Wong has no money. And, and so please let that be the case. Yeah, that would be hilarious if Wong's just like trying to get some money real quick. <laughs> oh and, my like, god. Oh my like, god. I can fight in this. So yeah. That would be awesome. Um Behaven in the chat says he looks like he grew some gills slash fish parts. Maybe Namor sponsors him uh to fight now. And oh, I've boy. seen some people talking about that though, that stop maybe it, guys, it's a representative. Stop it. Stop it. Well, that could be why Wong's there too. It could be no, because no. he's got to he's got to pay his bills. Stop. Or you have he's to represent gotta, like someone bills. from each. Remember like, Ralph Boner. Remember Ralph Boner. <laughs> Everybody, <laughs> calm down. Or relax. All right. But um, anything else you guys want to say about uh, Song Chi? Michelle Yeoh looks awesome. I always love Michelle Yeoh. Um, this looks pretty cool, man. I'm I'm kind of more excited for this film now. I am. So going to be looking forward to that in September. But before we get there, we got to talk about Loki. Loki. Yes. Uh, what, what time is it? Let's see. Does, does Rich want us to just pay bills now and then we can just talk about everything else? That might be good. Yeah, let's just go. We're going to run. We're going to run an ad, pay some bills and then come back. And then we're going to talk Loki episode three, the new Transformers movie, F9 I Carly and some oh, comics. God. Yeah, I Carly, you slipped it in there. You slipped it in there.
Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Didn't get me that time. I was ready. Didn't get me either. I was ready, baby. Woo-hoo. All right. So we're back. Comic Book Nation. Welcome back. If you're just joining us, welcome. Uh, we already talked about the, the uh, Song-Chi trailer. We are now going to talk about Loki Episode 3. So uh, this episode of Loki show, took us to the planet Lamentus 1, where Loki and his nefarious variant Sylvie got stuck together in a kind of odd couple pairing for this kind of uh, road trip movie across a planet that's doomed to be destroyed and their time hopping device is broken. And we got this kind of character building episode for Loki, which is kind of split people. It's been the lowest rated one, but also generated a lot of kind of fan love on social media, mainly because of the interaction between Tom Hiddleston's Loki and this variant Sylvie played by uh, Sophie, Sophia D. Martino. Um, it was for me, I had to watch it twice. I didn't like it the first time when I watched it in the middle of the night just to kind of do the and he did big things happen spin out, you know, for for comic book. But when I actually just sat down and got to watch it free of all that, I actually really like this episode. I think it might be probably since the first episode, which was my favorite because of the world building. It was just a great character episode of Loki having to talk with Sylvie and getting to know Sylvie and and having her have a kind of breakout episode. What did you guys think? We're here to really talk theories. What theories do you guys have after seeing this episode? Let's share with the people. Janelle, what did you think? Yeah, I loved it. I've seen it three times. I got all the action I needed at the end. I just have to make note, this run scene to try to get onto the arc was bananas. The choreography of it, it looked like it was all like one shot. Yeah, choreography. It was infamous. Well, it was simulated very well, but it was a, a, like, you know, a one take sequence. Yes. And I loved the perspective. I felt like I was on an Avengers ride. Like it reminded me of the Spider-Man ride at Islands of Adventure. Uh, I was like, I, this, this needs to be an actual ride. It was so cool. And then I was also like, can I play this video game, please? Like, I just want an entire video game of being low key trying to get onto this arc in this weird area. Um, so that, that alone just, oh my God, I loved it. Um, obviously shout out it's freaking pride month and Loki basically just said, Hey, I'm by, <laughs> and I was living for it. It was such an incredible moment. I actually almost got teary eyed, uh, because to have that 
in in such a mainstream like a Disney production like on Disney Plus. It was just really really cool. Um and I I loved seeing that. Obviously the smaller parts uh their dialogue talking about their backgrounds, you know, their family dynamics. It was cool to see Loki talking about his mom again, also kind of sad. Um loved the moment of Thor, like the reference to Thor with the slamming of the drink down. I mean, there's just so many like really cool nods to different, you know, times we've seen Loki um, in his, I don't know, in his world with everybody. But if we're talking about what we think is going to happen or what's going on, I, I really think Mobius, now that we know that they are the TVA are all variants, does anybody else think that Mobius is Loki? Like another version of Loki? Ooh, that's a Ooh. that's a head scratcher. I hadn't I hadn't come up with that theory. Uh, Half cent Josh says nope. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I love it. I didn't. I thought I think it's going to turn out that Mobius, the reason why he has this whole jet ski thing is he's just like some Florida beach bum or something like that that like <laughs> got like swooped up into this world and that's why he's always thinking about jet skis and like all kinds of that and i think that'll be the kind of the humorous thing of his character gets to go back to just being this beach bum but uh because that's perfect for owen wilson okay um wow my theory is and matt i'm gonna throw this to you too because of comic book history is i don't think that they've chosen just sylvie for no reason sylvie is an actual character from marvel comics she's sylvie lushton who is a young girl or just a created entity by Loki who gets, takes on the powers and kind of persona of the enchantress Amora. And she's basically a tool and a Trojan horse for Loki to use uh, primarily to breach like magical defenses and, and kind of getting close and do all this other stuff. And that Trojan horse aspect of it makes me wonder if they've chosen Sylvie to do the same in this show. Um, I feel like there's a big theme of Loki that is about false faces that you wear or, or kind of different faces you can wear and, and that kind of whole idea. And I don't think anybody is who they seem to be, right? Like we find out the TVA agents, the big reveal in this aren't actual creations of the timekeepers. They're just regular people who've basically been like plucked and enchanted into doing this, you know, bureaucratic service for the timeline. Um, Loki, the whole question of Loki and who isn't Loki is a big one, right? Are the timekeepers who they say they are and are they real? And, you know, all of that stuff is at work in this show. So I don't know if Sylvie's going to be the end of her own story or just, again, kind of a Trojan horse for somebody or something else. That's my whole theory. I think the timekeepers aren't there. I don't think right. Sylvie's the real independent operator. I think all of this is a chess game with other people playing. Now you uh, think Kang, now you think Kang is the one behind everything. Correct? My theory is that this is a chess game between either Kang and Amortis or Kang and another Loki. And Richard E. Grant is still on in the wings. Actor Richard E. Grant from Star Wars um, is in the wings, and I think he's going to be playing an older Loki. And I think one of the big twists is going to be that this variant Loki has done this before. Uh, and is kind of we're going to see him and an older version of him kind of playing that Immortus part, if not Immortus, just that kind of role that he maybe did get to the timekeepers in, you know, became 
the last one up there and is actually the one running things. It's going to be another Loki who's running the TVA. Uh, so that's my whole theory. Um, but I do think it's a chess game. It just depends on who Marvel chooses to make the kind of master puppeteers of this whole thing. Right. Cause yeah. I agree with you. I feel like I, I think, I think having a Loki be at the, be the one who's actually pulling the strings of the TVA is where we're headed. I do think that because, again, it is playing with that stuff. And I, I am curious to how you feel like because I because I get it because Sylvie has that role in the comics um, and can kind of be a little fluid, like in how she's used and stuff. Sometimes she's just, just like all powerful. Uh, I mean, geez, recently she she had a son and that that son is like her Namor son. And then like he's ends up back in time. Like there's a whole thing with, with that character and Namor. And I see Namor pop up a couple of times in the comics. Um, but what is she like in your, in your theory? Like, what is she a Trojan horse for? Like, how is she? Because her mission is right. Like at least so far anyway, it's like to get to the TVA and kind of break their whole system down. But like, how, who is she serving then? Because she really seems like she's in it for herself. Herself. I think that she thinks she's in it for herself, but there are clues in especially this episode. And I just watched again this morning that make me think, well, like when she's describing how to enchant people, Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of irony wrapped up in this series where she may not know, but that somebody is talking through her and that Mm -hmm. she is an enchanted person herself, just like the TVA people are kind of all enchanted and don't have any idea of like what they're doing and how they're being mentally manipulated. And I think she could just be another person who who is you know being talked through rather than being as independent as she may. Gotcha. See. Okay. So if you're okay, so that's actually not because my I don't I don't know exactly how we get from point point A to point B in my theory. Like it's missing a middle part. I don't well, know I'm missing it. We part. can fill it yeah. in. Let's go. But like my my end thing is like what I envision anyway. And they better. I saw someone. I can't remember where, but like they were like, it's gonna all be a dream. They better not new heart this. I'll be so. Oh pissed. my god. Um, but if we get to the, I feel like over the course of these like next few episodes, we're gonna meet, or I want this to be the case anyway. We're gonna meet other variant Loki's. Like as they start snapping certain people out. Like certain things happen where we actually get like kid Loki. Maybe we get a couple other Lokis who all kind of have that same trait in common of always kind of being curious and always being a little bit like they've always been shells in the past for other people to kind of operate through. And that was kid Loki had kind of the same thing. And then you're going to get this team of Lokis that ends up converging onto the TVA and then discovering that, Oh, Hey, it's one of us, which could be (laughs) that older Loki thing. And then it's just, just like Loki versus Loki chaos. That's awesome. And that that would be cool. That character can support it. There's tons of other different versions of that character to be able to operate from. And it all would make sense. But again, like I'm missing a big chunk of them. I don't know how we get there. And yeah. also are we, there's only six episodes, correct? Yeah. Only six. Yeah. So only so we're already, there's yep. a lot. There would be a lot to get to that. There would be a lot you need to do in the next couple episodes. And it, this episode ends where like, we're not even off the planet yet. So I don't know how we get there, but that would be cool for me. Well, I mean, I wish I had, thought about this in advance and and had rich pull it but uh brandon davis did do an interview with tom hiddleston 
And Tom Hiddleston kind of teased that it's between episode four and five where things really hit the fan and, and that's going to probably blow fans minds. So by this time next week, we might be sitting here like WTF. Yes. What's oh, this And one of these theories is maybe trying to prove to be right. Either yeah. they're going to get rescued off that planet by a bunch of rogue, you know, somebody joked in the comments, the bad batch, Loki, uh, <laughs> the Loki bad batch. But um, I'd yeah. watch that. Yeah. Hey, then, I love that. That's great. I'd, I'd watch it. And here's the thing. This show is, it's just, my favorite. I mean, I, 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 this show can't do any wrong. I love this episode just overall, even though it's kind of a detour. I've seen some like reactions that's kind of slower paced and, and the overall plot doesn't develop a ton, but I feel like the stuff they did reveal has major consequences. So like, you know, the whole variance, like them being people before, like that's a huge development, even though it's a relatively small moment, it's just a conversation, but I think it, will pay off. You so, always have I, those people like this happened on Walking Dead all the time. Like we would get character development episodes and I was just eating it up and I love, love, love understanding the characters more. But there are tons of people who do not like character development episodes. Yeah. I know I'm in the minority a little bit there. No, no, no. Yeah. That fireworks scene is money, man. That's so yes. good. Right, so that's me. Yeah, um, I think people are asking the comments. Who do you? How do you think they're gonna? Who's gonna show up to rescue them? Um, Mobius, either Loki. Mobius, either Mobius will show up with the TVA having finally tracked them down and saved their bacon, or whoever the larger puppeteer, big bad, really is would would be the only other person I would think would be able to save them for reasons, whatever. Um, but those are Loki theories. I think next week we're going to have our mind blowns and have a lot more to kind of just go nuts about. And uh, I'm excited for that. So yeah, like Matt, I'm also loving the show. It, it's great. The soundtrack for the show, just from like the music they choose for like the opening. Cause I started that first scene of this one with a homegirl from uh, American, what's her name? American Honey or whatever film she was from. Oh, yes. That yeah. clubbing scene was yeah. so good. Yeah, that music, music was song. amazing. What a cool start. Yeah. And that Loki theme song slaps so hard. It's like so Kubrick, creepy and Kubrick level. Yeah, it's Stanley yeah. Kubrick level. Just slaps right there. So I'm loving Loki too. So Tom Hot Tom Hiddleston was smart to get his name on here as a producer. All yeah. right. Moving right along. That's Loki. Can't wait for next week's talk. Seriously. Matt, let's talk Transformers. Yeah, more than meets the eye. Yeah, we got a couple things (laughs) happening with Transformers Universe. Paramount has several movies in development, but we they just gave us reason to get really excited about one of them, which is Transformers. Oh, you did this article, Matt. You want you want to talk about it? Sure. Rise of the Beasts. <laughs> Rise of the Beasts. Uh, yeah, for those who don't know, I'm a huge Beast Wars mark. Uh, and the team at Paramount uh, invited us to see a presentation and hear from uh, the team behind it and also see a bunch of concept art, um, a bunch of early uh, mocks of some of the Transformers uh, and the villains and everything. Um, it's set, well, one, just to get the, the basics out of the way, uh, it's set in 1994. Uh, this is a follow-up to Bumblebee. So this is in the same universe. This picks up. Uh, they actually showed us Bumblebee's kind of updated look. He's kind of got this off-road vibe uh, with like a cargo thing on top. And, and they're they're kind of leaning into that. But the biggest thing is that it's very much, this is, while that was a focus on Bumblebee, Bumblebee's going to play a part in this. But the main hero of this is Optimus Prime. 
And it is very much like they are leaning into the G1 versions uh, of these characters, but specifically Optimus. So, you know, it's it's very much like should a lot of longtime fans have craved that even at the beginning of Bumblebee, when we see that big scene on Cybertron, fans were like eating that up before like the Bumblebee stuff started. Um, so here it really seems like we're going to get kind of this story about Optimus Prime and like his connection to Earth, because like when he when this movie begins, he doesn't have that yet. Like he just got here, essentially. So you're going to kind of start to see like that relationship form why so many years later he really has this bond with humanity and bond with earth you're going to see that kind of develop uh and then they they showed us um some concept art we got to see optimus primal uh yes peter cullen by the way have josh is voicing optimus and they've said essentially like he's got the job until he doesn't want to do it um it's very much like you know it's yours and i'm so glad because there's that voice is just so iconic uh but optimus primal looks awesome they're, they're taking they're trying to really kind of embrace the like the biological side of when their designs so they're really embracing like they're trying to make the armor when they're in beast mode look seamless so like rhinox they showed rhinox rhinox looks phenomenal we only saw him in beast mode we didn't see bot mode but like he the textures and like the armor plating that's on him really pushes like makes him look like a rhinoceros uh and then you still see the little accents uh of being a, like an autobot or sorry a beast but like you you still see that but it's really they're really doing a good job primal looks like just an absolute brute force tank like he's got like you can see like the underplating and there's patches of fur and stuff the the designs look really really good this these are early so they they're, they're not final or anything so they they even said like <laughs> we're very nervous to show these because like these could change um the biggest thing of course predacons are going to be in here that's the uh the beast kind of sworn enemy uh but they're really leaning into the terracons that's who they really put a lot of time and effort into. That's kind of one of how they want to leave their stamp. Um, they also tease essentially that there are, this is just like, they showed about oh, seven and maybe about seven characters overall. Um, but like they were, they said that is just the tip of the iceberg. There are a ton of other characters coming. So like, you know, Cheetor, <laughs> I, can't, I can't wait uh, to see some of these other designs. Um it's I mean, look, it really feels like it's being done by fans of that particular era of the franchise. So if you are a fan and you liked Bumblebee's kind of more its approach to storytelling, um, they're really leaning into that. So, I mean, I, I left with very positive vibes. I'm hoping the final product delivers, but I left with good vibes. Go in. All right. Thank you. That's a good recap of the uh, Transformers Rise of the Beast presentation. Uh, yeah, man, I'm a big Beast Wars fan, so I'm really looking up to this. Uh, we know just a little bit more background. This one's going to star in the Heights star. Anthony Ramos will be starring in this one as the male lead. Uh, Dominique Fishback from Judas and the Black Messiah. And um, what was that HBO show? Uh Oh my God, I can't believe I'm blinking. The Deuce. She'll be the female lead, I think, is she was kind of tapped to be the female lead in this. And this is different from the other film, which is in development from Angel Soto, I believe, is the other director who they tapped to kind of do another one uh, of unknown 
That one seems to be a, from everything I'm seeing, it's standalone. Yeah. Because like they make a thing. I mean, that they're not, that other one doesn't seem to be continuing the Bay franchise because they even said here that that's done. Yeah. They're setting this one. The the whole challenge was really to set this one back far enough so that as things play out, it doesn't run into the Bay films. So it doesn't seem like they're trying to get to that connecting point anytime soon. No, they're they're trying to slowly do that Homer Simpson into the bushes about that whole thing. So, <laughs> all right, that's what's coming up. So, something from Transformers coming up that we can actually be excited about. That's that's kind of a new one. Uh, real quick, I'll say also if you haven't seen it, the official uh, trailer for Horror Halloween Kills dropped last night. Crazy! Uh, it's on uh, comicbook.com horror, and yeah, this one looks like it's going to be a good time. I mean, it's very much in the vein of Halloween too, in, in the sense that it just picks up literally right after the first. Uh, reboot film we just got and shows Michael Myers ain't done yet, baby. <laughs> Those dumb firefighters. <laughs> oh, I felt so bad, but that I mean, it looks really good. Like yeah. the way it was filmed, like that that fire scene is pretty pretty awesome looking. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because if you remember the end of the first film, he was trapped in a burning cage that Jamie Lee Curtis set for him. Uh, but the firefighters want to rescue people because they're noble firefighters and they rescue the wrong guy this time. But uh, Michael Myers gets back up to slashing, and it looks like this one's gonna be a good time and. You know, we've heard words like masterpiece thrown around for this sequel. Um, So far, like, I mean, just the filming and like just the way it looks. I mean, this looks even much better than the reboot, which I really like from David Gordon Green and Danny McBride. So I'm happy Halloween is is looking strong. And that's also coming out this year. So these are kind of our 2020 holdover films. So this is it's good. I'm really I'm really getting hyped. Movies are back, baby. Like I said. All right, so check that out. Comicbook.com horror if you want to see the Halloween Kills new trailer. Speaking of movies, this week uh, we're going to do some quick mentions. Everybody kind of has their own uh, rants and raves that they want to mention. Mine this week is going to be F9. I went out and saw the new Fast and Furious film. Um, And what I can say about it, I'm not going to do any spoilers. I'm going to try to keep this spoiler free, is that, uh, I mean, it's very much a fast and furious film director justin lynn is back and you would think that maybe this is like a happy homecoming justin lynn is back you know fast and furious is back we're back in movies but um for me i'll be honest i was a little underwhelmed by f9 and i think what it is for me and and i've been a long time apology you know person who loves the fast and furious movies as a guilty pleasure so i'm not a hater here is uh, it, the franchise just feels a little rudderless right now. Like I just kept asking myself during the film, I was like, what, like, where are like, I don't even know how to orient myself in this, in this franchise anymore because I'm just like, like, what are we like? And who is everybody in this now? Like, you, you know, it's, it's just weird. Like you got Vin Diesel walking around in like pastels and, and, you know, linen pants and stuff because he's a dad now and he's just still, and it seems like Dom Toretto's only character development is to walk around and hold his arms down like this and do that. And, you know, Letty's like says, I mean, one of the big themes is for this one is him and Letty and being like, this is not who we are. Like retired parents, like we're still kick ass. And I'm like, bro, I don't even know who you guys are anymore. Like now you're like super spies getting called like James Bond. Like, I don't even know what's going on. Like, it's so great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that John Cena was also really miscast in this one. I love John Cena, but like him as Dom's brother. First of all, I think they even 
make a joke about the bloodlines and like, the makeup of the Toretto's. There's a joke about that in the movie. But like, yeah, it, it just seems like John Cena trying to be a super spy and like run around and do all this stuff looks so funny because John Cena is so stiff and like upper body, you know, swole. Like him like going down a zip line looks funny. And him just getting in the car and driving, it looks like somebody shoved the Hulk into a car and is like, try to drive this. And he's just kind of like, looks really awkward doing it. So I think he was miscast and that was kind of a, a big thing that holds back the film. So, um, yeah. And it's just, I mean, it, it is rudderless without kind of Paul Walker's Brian and without, I mean, the rock missing is a big kind of noticeable absence in this, it, it, the core team isn't even that interesting anymore. It's just kind of a boring version of Dom. Letty's still cool. Uh, seeing Nat, Nat, I love Natalie Emmanuel, but yeah, her character good. is, you know, she's okay. Like, but I don't want to see her, Ludacris, and Tyrese are not like a, a, a crack team of people I want to see necessarily being in this kind of badass Fast and Furious vein. So. Seeing some old faces come back was cool. Um, Han being back was kind of cool, but it just feels like such a soap opera now. Like it really does. This movie is now going through hoops and we just did a, uh, there is a uh, credit scene that you should stay for, but by now, like just trying to explain some of this stuff, like fast and furious is starting to feel like the comic books. We try to explain every week uh, with the retcons and being like, well, in Tokyo Drift, this happened, <laughs> but it didn't really happen because then you find out in Fast and Furious 6 and 7 that this happened, but now that didn't happen because now you find out that this happened and Han's still like, and it's just like, oh, oh my God, yeah, it's all over the place. So, I mean, it's gotten to soap opera levels and yeah, there's space stuff now. There's space jokes in, in Fast and Furious, so that's where we are. Uh, it was a little too over the top for me. I think not enough grounding uh, the family stuff kind of feels a little bit cheesy and and kind of almost just like like self parody at this point, um, but still some fun action scenes, some fun new additions or or kind of returning characters who get bigger or you know get teased for bigger things, um, and it is an ongoing saga. So if you want all that and you've just been looking to get back in theaters, I mean it is worthy of theaters. They it's Fast and Furious, so they have those big crazy stunts. But yeah, that Tarzan swing happens like like the first twenty minutes. So that's just the beginning of you know the car swinging the car across the canyon. Yeah, that's like the first action set piece. So things just go uphill or downhill from there, depending on how you want to look at it. But um, yeah, F nine. Uh, yeah, and there's a villain in this. I don't even remember his name. I don't even think like I couldn't even tell you a thing about him. Wait, so. there's a separate villain? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because I know Jinx is in here again, right? Uh, Jinx, not Jinx. What's her Cipher? name? Cipher. Yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah, <there's, laughs> it's from? a whole weird, like <laughs> it's a pretty intricate storyline. I mean, this movie's like two hours and twenty minutes, so there's like a whole thing about like Cipher, and it's, it's a whole. There, this is like the Iron Man two of Fast oh, and Furious movies oh in the boy. sense that, oh, no. oh they, boy. I mean, at one at one point, they literally, I think Letty literally says, "Our world is getting bigger, Dom." Like you know, and it's just like. Yeah, there's a whole franchise now and a whole mythos for like 10 people like, uh, you know, there's spinoffs and all kinds of stuff happening. So this is like the point where they're like, yeah, we just go full franchise. And so it's nuts. But uh, that's F9. Check that out in theaters. 
Um, that's a bummer. Or not. I'm still going to see it, but I'm I'm excited to see it, but that is a bummer. It's still fun. They still have the humor, the banter, some, like I said, some returning characters show up. It's fun, you know, but it just feels like like we have just jumped the shark in a big way in some ways. Um, The other thing I'll mention is Rick and Morty is back, baby. Uh, We had the Rick and Morty season five premiere last Sunday and, uh, yeah, man, that was it was a pretty good episode. It was a pretty good premiere for Rick and Morty. Uh, one part was just this kind of standalone thing that kind of skewered like Aquaman and Namor and all that stuff as Rick's nemesis. And the other part was a just messed up sci fi story about Morty going to another dimension. That's time where there that's kind of time displaced where things move where time moves a lot faster. So it's like Rick's method of aging this wine. And so every time he keeps sending Morty for the wine, the people who live in this dimension keep thinking that Morty's basically like the devil and the boy who appears from the magic door. And it's over generations of this species culture that they keep trying to like stop Morty every time he comes back. And it is pretty messed up. And so it was everything you love in a Rick and Morty episode, like the kind of, small situational character humor and the big kind of sci-fi concept stuff like in a twisted fashion love that show so check it out it's also free on youtube right now so if you don't have like adultswim.com and all that stuff just go on youtube to adult swim the first episode of rick and morty season five is free showing on youtube now and uh that's my mentions for the week awesome janelle you had some uh i'm i've been watching oh this is pop oh yeah my God. oh i'm so glad you're oh, are you into it episode is so sad it's so sad i know but it's great right oh, yeah yo this is pop is great yeah go ahead i'm not trying to steal this is pop no you're fine it's great it's awesome that we watch the same stuff uh I about that yeah this is pop was a sleeper hit for me like i just randomly put it on while doing chores and then i was like yo wait Wait, hold on. After the first episode, which was kind of based on like boy bands, I was like, I need to put this on the big screen. Like I need to experience this music loudly on speakers and not my phone. Uh, And it's basically just telling the history and um, the why behind a lot of different things in pop music. And there is episodes on boy bands. There's an episode on the Swedish songwriting community, uh, which has written like all of the biggest hits you can imagine in pop music. Uh, there's one on festivals. There's I, the one I'm on right now is hip hop. There's country. Uh, it's it's great. You're burying the lead, though. There's one that made headlines because it's about the rise, the rise, fall, and re-rise of auto-tune in the 2000s. Oh, God. <laughs> and so it's so sad, it, bro. It, it is it's sad. About yeah. T-Pain and it's about how the world broke T-Pain. It wasn't the, the world. It was Usher. <laughs> yeah. Usher ultimately broke T-Pain. But like, it was just all about like, and you never really think about this until you watch it. But like T-Pain did all the autotune stuff. Then the world said, you know, went crazy with autotune fever in the mid 2000s. And they blamed it all on T-Pain. And basically T-Pain got like boxed out of the music industry. Even and though Kanye like Kanye comes yes. back in the late 2000s with 808 and Heartbreak, which is basically a coded word of saying I'm making T-Pain songs with auto tune about love songs. And, and he gets all this money and fame and T-Pain is dealing with like, like depression issues. And he's such so, a sweetheart. Oh my God. T-Pain is awesome. Like yeah, I really want to be nice T-Pain's best friend. Yeah. Like I and love it, him so much and he's, he can sing like they yeah. show a clip of him. Dude, singing. You should watch. Yeah. Watch his tiny desk concert, man. Tiny it's desk. Tight. He blew yeah. up and it was, it was spectacular. And he didn't say like, to correct all of these headlines 
they're like, oh, T-Pain said that the reason for his massive depression was all because of Usher. And he was just saying that looking back, he thinks that was like the jumping point when Usher said a comment to him basically saying like, you ruined music for real singers, for people who don't use auto-tune. And I don't think it was like in such an evil way. It was probably like a joke or something, but of course it like broke T-Pain that Usher would say that. Um, but Usher is not a terrible human. Like he's probably getting well, so no, much backlash. Yeah, he was just it's talking about a stupid yeah. thing to say. Also, Jay-Z yeah. recorded a whole song about <laughs> Yeah. Death of yeah. auto-tune? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man, that was uh, that was intense. But um, the the irony is that like now, and we've taken a di- like a real tangent here. But uh, the irony now is, I want to write T Pain a letter because I'm like, man, whenever you hear like 2000s music, like people go nuts in a room. I will be playing that at my wedding. I'm playing yeah. T Pain. Like yeah, that, that's, that's slaps. Love stuff, it. That's like people go nuts these days when you put on T Pain. Yeah. It's now like an oldies jam. People yeah. are like, oh man, that's the jam. I remember in 2020. <laughs> 20 years ago. Oh my God. Anyway, so <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. I need so, to watch it. I haven't yeah, watched this. This is pop. That was I, I've been just like cycling through things. Um, not to cycle back, but somebody in the comments asked me to mention it and I didn't mention it. Uh Dave is also back, the little Dicky series, Dave, mm. which is his basically like if Childish Gambino has Atlanta, Little Dicky has Dave, which is kind of his semi-autobiographical. It's like Louie, basically, uh, for Little Dicky. And that's back on FX. And um, that show is pretty good, too. Like, uh, Louis I Anderson really show? Did. No, uh, Louis, Louis C.K. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> it was a joke. No, stop. Louis, <laughs> stop. You're breaking my brain right now. But uh, Dave is oh, back. Yeah. Yes, Dave is back, and uh, this episode this week was uh, it was pretty weird. It was about him and Benny Blanco, and it, it was just like it was a crazy episode. Benny Blanco. Yeah, so um, yeah. Oh, yes, we saw the trailer for The Heart of They Fall. That looks like a cool movie. It's a black western movie with Idris Elba, uh, Regina King, Jonathan Majors, and a bunch of other people. So that's also on our comicbook.com movies. You guys are just on it today. Jeez, yeah. I'm geez. always up for westerns. So. Matt, you've been holding back because... You had to hold back for what you want to get into. So come on, get into it. <laughs> I, know, I, know. I, get... think, I think this is pop set me up pretty, pretty dang well. It's <laughs> <laughs> a nice transition. Go we got to get That's you out of here. So you yeah. might, you need to run through yours so we can do comics too. Yeah. Get into so uh, real quick stuff. mention, and this is just a uh, mention, but uh, market calendars, July 9th is WitcherCon and Netflix today released a trailer for it. And we got three kind of quick, uh, sneak peeks at some of the footage that's going to be shown. One very much looks like Kara Morin. They're going to actually show like the full, we've seen concept art and we've seen some glimpses of it, like the inside, but this actually looks like a full on shot. It's pixelated, but it looks like that. Uh, Vesemir is probably going to get shown, probably going to see some Siri, hoping to see some Triss maybe in there as well. So definitely uh, tune in on July 9th. We'll have it all covered on the site, but just FYI. Uh, also, uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake intergrade uh got to make my way through that uh the review should be up very soon um i will say it's i mean i i love uh the core the core game which is like the first part of probably three or four (laughs) chapters of this full thing um this is very much like the first part i adored and then it kind of goes into just like it's a lot of battles without as much of the kind of character substance stuff in between, you're just fighting a lot, which is really fun, but it kind of loses steam a little bit in the middle. And then towards the end, it like picks that up. And, and I thought they did a really good job with the new character Sonin uh, and Yuffie is awesome. I always love Yuffie. So check that out. Uh, if you're curious, that'll be up on the site soon. Uh, and then of course, Kofi's favorite show, 
iCarly, which by the way, I saw Half Cent Josh was also excited for me to talk about iCarly. Uh, the first- I have a niece that's now in her, a teenager. I am familiar with iCarly. <laughs> so uh, the revival uh, has most of the cast back. Not everybody. There's no Gibby. Uh, of course, there's no Sam, but that's because like she's just Jeanette is not acting anymore. Uh, I don't know why Gibby's not on the show, but the the rest of the cast returns and it's set. Uh, Years later, they've kind of all lived their lives and they come back to this. Uh, the first four episodes are out. And I got to say, like, you never know with these revivals, like whether they're going to recapture the magic and it's going to feel forced or whatever. Uh, the first three kill. Um, and I actually haven't seen the fourth one yet. So that's not to say the fourth one's bad. I just haven't seen it yet. Uh, but the first three episodes I thought were such like they're, they're perfect. Like the humor that if you like the original iCarly, and you liked baby Spencer and you liked Spencer being an idiot and them kind of forming these plots around it. You're going to love this. I mean, I, I laughed at a lot of bunches of stuff. It's fun. It it's in on its joke. Uh, you know, like Spencer's rich now, but Spencer's rich because he actually made an accidental artistic statement by his statue burning and everyone thought it was a statement on life and society. He's like, no, it caught fire, but like no one knows that. So he becomes this really famous artist and gets loaded. It's like, it's all these just fun kind of takes on stuff. So definitely check it out. It's on Paramount plus. I heartily recommend it. This is like right there with the saved by the bell. Uh, Excellent service to watch on. Excellent service. Yes, exactly. Very good service. Uh, So yeah, so definitely recommend. But that's iCarly. So I got to do all of those. What if you like never watched iCarly to begin with? Uh, you're. (laughs) It's still fun, but you're like you're not gonna appreciate it as much as because you don't know the like. There's very much in jokes. Am I older than you guys? I don't understand. Like I, you know what ages we all. I know how. How did I not watch this? And you guys, I'm so confused. I have a niece that's now a teenager. So when she was like, so you're talking about like, yeah, oh, like whatever years ago it was. She like, yeah, man, I had to watch so much iCarly back to back. I remember getting drunk in college and coming home and seeing the real life of Zach and Cody. But like, I was, I was a drunk college kid watching. I am a giant child. <laughs> so, so whether I was in the bracket or not, I watched all this stuff because, like, I watched all this stuff. It has I nothing to do that. with age for me. It's and just that is, my taste. That is lovely, and I appreciate it. <laughs> That's me. That's um, yes, I, I did love uh, the Freddie living through his pain because Freddie at this point has had like two divorces. He's living with his mom again. There's a lot of stuff there, uh, but it's good. So yeah, so that's that. Uh, let's move on to comics because I know we got crunch time here. Um, so uh, real quick, let's start with, let's start with Heroes Return because I feel like we we started out on a previous podcast talking about Heroes Reborn, kind of the lead up to it and that first issue. And from what I recall, everyone was like kind of, oh, it was kind of like, okay like no one came away floored i don't think but like we like some of the ideas now we've seen this whole thing come back heroes return is out it kind of sets the status quo back with a few interesting wrinkles that jason aaron has really been building in his avengers run by the way spoilers incoming for these books uh because one of them is is pretty is pretty big so um the biggest thing is if you've noticed in aaron's run in avengers there's been a big emphasis on Mephisto and dealing with some of the, like, even in the age of Khonshu, there was like a bunch of these Mephistos and stuff that they ended up battling. That was the whole thing, right? That's kind of why Khonshu went nuts. He was like, there's a big disaster coming. Mephisto's at the center of it. We have to stop him and all that. So this has been building 
and and here this whole event was spearheaded essentially by a corrupted Coulson who kind of became president of this reality and had this kind of evil version of the cube and all that. So we see all this happen and the squadron Supreme is kind of this new earth's protectors, but we see the original Avengers kind of return. So once you get to the end of this, it's, it's like the, that Mephisto storyline finally kind of pays off to a point. And we see like, I think it's called the council of red from what I remember. Um, and it's just like all the different Mephistos from all across the different timelines and Earth. This is why we didn't have the one in WandaVision. <laughs> and they've really been building with this, even in the BC stuff, where like Iron Man goes back in uh, back in time and he's kind of left alone. He's talking. They, they've really been building here. Aaron does that really well. Plants a seed and then he really does build on it. Um, but this still kind of felt like it should be an Avengers, not in its own. Like it, it doesn't feel big enough to warrant its own series. Like it doesn't feel, this is not like a absolute carnage or geez, uh, even, um, you know, empire or anything like that. It didn't feel like it was that because by the end, like the story doesn't really end up anywhere different other than those couple of changes. Like we're right back to the status quo. And aside from the squadron Supreme and this Mephisto's running around and all teamed up, like it doesn't, re- there's nothing else. It, it's kind of like this bookended thing. It was kind of like, why wasn't that in the course series? So I don't know. I came off kind of like, I like the directions we're going at the end, but I wasn't exactly hyped about the issue itself. That's me. What'd you guys think? I actually had to, uh, and I didn't have to, I was already in the process of reading them, but I binged through like so much heroes reborn in the last week. Um, Cause I had to read book five or book six, book seven. And, and Heroes Return and a bunch of the spinoffs, which I actually liked some of the spinoffs. They were they were actually pretty exciting. The X-Men one was pretty good. Yeah. But um, as a whole, the series has grown on me more. I, I almost wish like we had gotten time to just spend time with the Squadron Supreme and their stories and, and done more with that uh, before we got into the whole Blade and, and, and bringing everybody back and the uh, mystery of what happened because this actually is a kind of interesting universe to kind of explore and see. Um, so Heroes Return, I, I, it's okay. I know we got to bring this whole thing to a close. And so that's fine. But I actually was having kind of more fun just beginning to get lost in this world and, and see the kind of alternate takes on things and some of the fun. Because the Squadron Supreme... They, they, they become, if nothing else, they're actually interesting characters True. to me. And, and I'm kind of happy that they're lingering around here and, and are kind of still going to be active. Like, I'm, I'm happy Nighthawk is still active and it's still going to be an antagonist out here and things like that. And Dr. Spectrum, I, I like all these characters. I like the blur. It's like a hilarious take on Flash and is really, they utilize that character very well. So, um, yeah, I don't think this did anything for the main Avengers or, or Avengers mythos. I think it did a good job to set Mephisto up, like you said, as this major big bad that's been running through a bunch of books and influencing quite a few things. And I think it's good to kind of shake up the Marvel Universe in, in introducing these alternate universe characters who can really now kind of affect things and still be great antagonists for the main Avengers and stuff because they are a compelling enough team and they built them up enough and really sold them enough that I could see them becoming, you know, 
like I said, antagonist for the Avengers for, for a good deal of years. So if nothing else, I think those things were accomplished, even if this as a whole, in terms of like famous alternate universes in the Marvel universe, this one may not like really last and be as distinctive and memorable. Right. Jenna, what'd you think? Oh gosh. (laughs) I mean, you guys always say it pretty well. You wrap it up. So I'll just say from my perspective, which is I have not read all of these books. I definitely have not read the side stories. uh, And, and I was a little hazy. I didn't, quite know what was happening um but i still enjoyed it i still like i loved the president being crazy and uh (laughs) you know the first i felt like the killing of shield and these agents like just seeing how he murdered them in the first like slide was awesome like i was like it was really well done uh and it was it freaked me out like my stomach dropped a little bit just that first part um but I did feel a little puzzled. <laughs> uh, I was kind of like, Who's, who are the good guys? Who are the bad guys? Wait, what squadron? I, I don't care. I know these characters. I'm familiar with them. I like seeing them. Uh, and I, I, I enjoyed it, but I would definitely say like picking it up, not having not read much of the background, like anything else that's been going on was a little difficult <laughs> for me at least understand yeah that makes total sense um yeah I, I and i would say i don't know if i'd this would be a probably a really good one to revisit and trade once all of the stuff is with it you know kind of like they've done with yeah the very much agreed um and maybe that's where it gets its fair shake but yeah just month to month with uh, everything else just going on it felt kind of like it got lost um and then next we're going to get to infinite frontier First of all, you have just been, uh, we got to stop watching you, letting you watch Loki. You have been on just a crazy multiverse tear this week. <laughs> between, between this, Heroes Reborn, and now Infinite Yeah, Frontier. there is a lot. That, yes. yeah, that's a good point. That's a very good point. I almost picked, by the way, I almost picked Checkmate uh, for this week because that was also very good. Um, but I, but yes, I mean, I, how could you not go with this? Okay, so here's the thing. Leaning into the multiverse thing, if you don't like multiverses, this is not the book. To, this is not the book to read at all. This is all this is. However, what's really interesting is I love what they've done by letting. So, okay, obviously, spoilers that coming for this. I have to say that. So, I love what they've done because typically, what happens when they do like a multiverse event is that only the heroes ever know, and even then, sometimes half of them don't. Right, and it's like a couple key characters know what happened, and then they're the ones that everything revolves around. And I love that here we've kind of subverted that finally and been like, no, if you have a giant world universe changing event, everyone's going to kind of know. And I and I love that, like, just ordinary people on the street are like debating what a multiverse is because they know what happened. They know the giant war that happened and that, like, things were restarted, but they don't understand everything as it would be in real life. So I love that. Like we're getting these conversations with people around of like, well, here's what really happened. And like, people are debating if it's true or not. And it felt like that was actually really grounding for me amidst all the craziness that is in this book. I thought that was really interesting. And I, and I want to see them go forward with that and run with it. Cause I think that's just such a different idea for these events. 
We've seen so many crises and they never really touch on this stuff. Um, also, this is very much like this book touches on a bunch of different things. So it's not one continuous storyline, but they're all sort of kind of linked. Uh, seeing like President Superman and that world and like how it like Thomas Wayne, like how did he get there? There's a lot of interesting mysteries. Uh, the big bad at the end. Well, we don't really know that big bad yet, but the kind of medium bad <laughs> that is revealed uh, towards the end of the book. I'm not kidding you. I cannot take another book that does reverse flash. Like I just like, Oh my God, stop using that character every time there's a flash story. So when I went to turn the page, I was like, please don't be, please don't be, please don't be. And then it was psycho pirate. And I was so happy. I was like, I've never been more happy to see psycho pirate in my life. It's <laughs> like, Oh my God, that's awesome. Oh boy. At least it's not reverse flash. Yeah. I'm so tired of reverse flash. So, uh, but I, I thought there's some really interesting ideas here. And I'm interested to see like this series go on and I, I want to see them flesh out some of this stuff. So that's me. What did you guys think? Um, I think that this book was almost too stacked with mysteries. Like you said, there was like an interesting mystery on every page. It's like you got President Superman leading a team of Justice Leaguers from across the multiverse. You got Flash policing the multiverse and discovering the Omega universe. Um, you got Thomas Wayne showing up on their doorstep. Like alone, these are all just enough for premises for like a book. But this book has like 20 other premises on top of that. You got Roy Harper showing black up lantern. Oh as a God. black lantern. You got Psycho Pirate encountering Flash. Like, yeah, there's a lot that goes on in this book. And I'm not mad at it, but I, I think it's a little too packed. Oh, you have Extant showing up yeah. for like a thing. Another one. Well, yeah. So the continuing like, Alan Scott stuff. Like, there's yeah. where's Jade? Like, yeah, there's a lot here. There's a lot in here. It's a pretty dense book. And like you said, if you haven't been reading like Dark Knights Metal and all this other kind of stuff that they've done, and you know, even Future State and all that and all this stuff, like some of this stuff is gonna be really super confusing. Like all of this stuff is gonna be super confusing to you. Yeah. So you've gotta be <laughs> this is for the DC people who have been into these storylines. And what and just the entire thing of the multiverse in and what DC has been trying to do to straighten out their continuity. Uh, you got to be kind of invested to get into this book. Um, I didn't necessarily like the average people arguing about what this crisis was and like what had happened, because to me, it just felt like a really ham fisted metaphor for people in the real world debating if the crisis we just had was real or not. Like the dialogue was just purely like that scene in the diners purely lifted obviously from a from a you know our whole thing about the, yeah about the yeah. pandemic and people not believing and not wanting to accept like this something this of this gravity of you know calamity can happen but um so i found that, that kind of it's true no no it's true it was spot on <laughs> but it's spot on commentary it just made me roll my eyes a little bit um and uh yeah you even got this scene between uh whatchamacallit the guy with a skull head Oh, uh, Bones, Director yeah, Bones. Yeah, Mr. Director Bones, and, and like that whole thing over the piece of cake, which is great. There's so many great scenes in this, but it's so packed that's hard to retain like most of it because every time there's like a shiny new thing, like, ooh, now what's this over here? And like, <laughs> so that was just kind of my only criticism, but I, I'm going to keep reading it. I want to read issue two. That's probably why I liked it. I like shiny things. Uh, well, I'm missing it, Janelle, so, because I know, yeah, there's a lot here and yeah. we haven't necessarily touched on every single thing over the last, you know, few months. So, what did you think? I I dug it. Like I was uh I felt more along for the ride with this one than our Marvel pick, which is now I'm I'm feeling like that's 
odd. I don't know if it's because we've been reading so much and I was a little bit prepped for it um, with our DC reads every week, but I was really into it. And I was loving that there were people in denial about what was going on. And I liked that point, but I also didn't even think of the pandemic stuff. I was just immersed in like that world. So I was like, Oh, of course people aren't going to believe it. Like, you know, the average Joe Schmo doesn't even know. Hey, it just rhymed. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I was, I, I really was intrigued by it. I was more intrigued by this book than our Marvel pick. And I thought they did a great job and I'm interested to see where it goes. I probably missed quite a few of these uh, like mysteries. They probably just went right over my head, but it didn't bother me. Like I didn't feel left out or anything. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited to keep this one going. And I know that we just like barely touch on it. Uh, but the Captain Marvel is like oh, everything on the entire planet. It's everything. <laughs> so nothing can hold a candle to that. Yes. Like <laughs> nothing can hold a candle to that. So that uh, was- music to my ears, you know, yeah. music to my ears. Um, yeah. So I, I will be very interested to see how they keep these mysteries going um and and like they'll see it in other books of course but like this really feels like it needs to be its own kind of series just touching on all these different things all the time or at least we need to do it like once a quarter to kind of hey here's where we are with this to keep it all organized but yeah so that's comics all right that'll do it for this episode of comic book nation we want to wish you guys happy friday and thank you for tuning in with us we will be here every friday at 12 noon eastern time live on twitch backslash comic book or on facebook or youtube if you missed the show you can rewatch it on those platforms right after if you just want the audio we are on apple podcasts spotify stitcher iHeartRadio, or tell any smart home device to fire up comic book nation podcast to get it going for you if you guys want to follow the show you can follow us at the at comic book nation twitter handle you can find me at kofi outlaw you can find me at matt aguilar cb you can find me at janelle wheeler if you like Comic Book Nation, go on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Say something nice. It really does make us feel better. Keeps our mental health in order. Thank you very much. Love you guys for tuning in and riding with us once again. Hope to see you next week because uh, movies are back. TVs are coming back. We are back in business, baby. So let's go. This is Comic Book Nation. We'll see you guys next time. Peace. Bye, guys. <laughs>